Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Greeson's Gossip. I'm joined by Jamie Hawkins. Hi, Jamie. Hi, Sue. And a special guest, Andrew Barge. Hi, Barge. Hi, mate. You all right? Yeah, very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Thanks for coming on the show. Um, we're going to look back at Fulham first. Played at Fulham on uh, Tuesday night, of course, in the, Car- in the Carabao Cup second round. Um, you were up at Craven Cottage. What did you make of the game? As it was an entertaining game, I think, just from a from a the, the defeat, obviously, as it was. It was disappointing to concede two early goals in each half. Yeah. You like, um, but really, I think probably on the night, Fulham did deserve it. They definitely had the better quality, certainly in front of goal as well. And I think that was the one disappointing thing for me from an extra city perspective is that we never really tested them defensively. And although I thought we looked pretty solid ourselves defensively and in midfield, quite tidy and that, that final third, final ball was missing. Yeah, was that how you saw it as well, Jamie? Yeah, I think you could tell from the first sort of five, ten minutes just how you know, difference in terms of quality the Premier League and League Two. I mean, the, the pace of Ryan Sessegnon and Kamara on both wings was just so lethal every time they yeah. went on the break. It was just <laughs> blinking, you miss them, you know? It was um, frightening how quick they were. But, you know, as the game went off, or City grew into it, they sort of settled down after uh, conceding the first goal. And, you know, obviously they had a couple of chances with, with Matt Jay hitting the post. It was a great effort, wasn't it? Which is pretty unlucky not to have, have crept in. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, I'm done by conceding at the start of each half, which is probably the worst thing to do, because what Matt Taylor would have said at half-time would, you know, gone to waste I suppose um, especially as he'd made that change as well bringing on Hiram at half time you know he probably had a bit of a game plan and to give it a bit of a go but as you say you know four minutes in again and, and we're two yeah. down yeah and it was a poor goal really that's to see it again from, from what we saw in, in real time but that I had so much space and time um, to you know pick his pick a spot and, and slot a pass Chrissy Pym which was obviously disappointing but you know, they they gave it a, a go. Um, obviously, the fans were urging them on. They just wanted wanted to see a goal, and um, you know, disappointed. Obviously, not to have a shot on target in the end. Only three shots in the whole game, I think. But um, you know, I thought they gave everything. You know, a few eyebrows were raised. I think amongst ourselves as well as the fans. You know, eight changes. It's a lot of changes. I know it was a quick turnaround, but you would have thought you'd have kept continuity um, but you know he, the, the back four I thought played pretty well given it was a completely new back four really with debuts for, for, for Jimmy Oates and O'Shea and they both started a little you know, sloppy obviously it was their first games come up against quality opposition but I thought they grew into it well and 
played pretty well and I think it's given Matt's head a, a few selection headaches for Saturday. Yeah, one thing that um, Jamie and I were speaking about, Barji, was um, we, we were just disappointed in the second half that Jaden didn't come on. You know, Matt Taylor yeah. was the third substitution. Mm -hmm. We'd like to have seen Jaden come on for the last 20 minutes and, you know, really have a bit of a go at Fulham. I guess, really, Matt's just wrapping him up in cotton wool and, and looking at the bigger picture and, and linking on Saturday. No, I think you're absolutely right, and I, I said that in commentary as well, that um, we needed somebody for the ball to stick up front because it just wasn't sticking at all. And, you know, it was, it was disappointing performance, I thought, from Abrahams and, and from, from Matt Jay as well. And uh, I think Jaden in the second half could have changed things a little bit and could have helped to bring other players into into play in that as well and get the uh, get the midfield closer to the strikers as well because there did seem to be big gaps in between which we weren't really filling and uh, yeah I, I think that that was a disappointment in terms of trying to get something out of the game but I think probably like you say Matt was looking at the uh, the bigger picture and thinking about Saturday and you know Jaden's a key man for us this season as he was last season so why waste him in a, in a game where you probably at that point, 2 0 down, yeah. you're not going to get something from it. And if he picks up an injury, of course. Then, yeah, um, exactly. You know, Particularly with John, Jonathan Fort being out yeah. at the moment. Yeah. I think it is an area where we are struggling a little bit, to be honest. Um, and, you know, you do wonder if those two aren't fit and available, where are the goals going to come from? Yeah, well, we're going to look at that in uh, later on in the podcast. We're going to have a chat about the uh, transfer window, which obviously shuts, or the loan window that shuts on Friday. Um, all in all, though, summarising the game, it, it was a great occasion, wasn't it? You know, I mean, Craven Cottage is such a fantastic stadium. I think the City fans loved their first, well, I say first trip, their first trip up there since the mid-90s in fine voice, especially in the second half. I mean, that's one of the, the great things that we have being in the press box is being able to look across and seeing those City fans. And when you've got nearly 1,500 singing that song for Stano, it really is a great sight, isn't it? Yeah, we've heard it many times over the years, of course. And, you know, if you were just tuning in... If you could hear a commentary or, or at the game, you wouldn't have thought City were, were losing 2 0 no, down and going out of the cup. It was just a great occasion, I think. You know, just under 1,500 there, making the trip up to, to London, or a few would have you know, perhaps stayed there already. But um, yeah, they were just singing the hearts out throughout the game. And Matt Taylor, obviously, was, was quick to, to praise them after the game, as he has done this season, saying that they're on you know, a different level when you know, the players sort of feared off that in a way and urged them forward and like we said it was just a shame that they didn't have a, a goal to, to celebrate yeah. yeah but overall you know I think they just enjoyed the, the night out it was a lovely evening in London wasn't it nice nice summer's evening good um, curry yeah great curry <laughs> good treat, curry in the, the press box they treated as well didn't they yeah very sweets. yeah it was a cracking ground like yeah. I said I've always wanted to go there and it's just really really nice yeah, it's not like one of these new stadiums as well, is it? Like the big bowl with all the great facilities and stuff. It's a proper old school ground with that, you know, closeness to the pitch. Kind of almost being in the press box took me back to the, the old grandstand. Yeah, yeah. Part, you know, the old wooden seats and the poles the in the way. In the way. But, um, <laughs> yeah, just a great ground, yeah. One thing Matt touched on uh, in his post-match press conference, of course, was um, the fans. And he was quick to also point out, and he sort of almost... A, apologetic in doing so that he didn't mention the fans of MK Dons on Saturday I think there were over 900 up there as well so 900 at MK Dons 1400 at Craven Cottage it's you know it's a great turnout from City fans yeah given how many away games we had recently with Cambridge, yeah, Cambridge pre well, yeah. previous Tuesday as well it, it just shows I mean we were talking on the way back for them about how well supported 
city are, particularly in the south. You know, London, we've always got traditionally a good following. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Milton Keynes was uh, almost a surprise in the way. I don't know, like I said, how many would have gone, you know, given the Paul Tisdale situation. But, um, uh, you know, just looking back on the game, obviously it was a, a disappointing result and performance. Obviously, Stuart, you were up there yeah. covering it. I mean, having watched the highlights, City really didn't help themselves, did they? No, no, they didn't. I mean, that was the other, that was a disappointing thing for me again. You know, we spoke earlier on about the Fulham game and the fact we didn't have a shot on target, and it was very much the same up at MK Dons. I just felt the first half was a complete non event. It was almost as though both teams were almost too scared to sort of attack and, and have a go at each other, really. Um, could perhaps in hindsight have predicted that, really, knowing what we were going to come up against with Tiz. We always knew that Tiz was someone that liked to analyse the opposition before making these changes and, and what have you. So, yeah, the first half was a bit of a write-off, really. And then early in the second half, it, you know, it was just an inexplicable handball by Dean Moxie, really. Second yellow card, you can't have any complaints. Christie, to be fair, made an absolutely brilliant penalty save. And then, would you believe it, ten minutes later, exactly the same thing happens again with the, uh, with uh, Jaden Stockley this time giving away the penalty, and, and this time Kieran Agard scored. And from there, you just never really saw a way back into the game for City. They sort of probed a little bit, and Matt made a few changes, both personnel and, and tactically. But, you know, we had a couple of half chances. Luke Kroll had a header in the last minute, which he perhaps should have done a bit better with. But... You know, that was as good as it got, really. It was a, a bit of a disappointing afternoon. Great to sort of see Tiz again. And, you know, I know the fans are very divided over Tiz. They either, either loved him or hated him. But, you know, I, I was really keen that the City fans showed appreciation and gratitude for what he'd done at, at City mm. in 12 years. And, you know, I, I think he deserved that. And I think I think he got that. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I, I wasn't at the game. Um, but I did I listen to the commentary. And I think yeah, the way you've summed up the game is exactly how it sounded as well you know clearly we were disappointing um, and I think it's probably just a game that the club were just glad to get out of the way because of everything that had happened over the summer um, and again I guess we'll build up to it again in February when the, when the Dons come down to St James Park as well but um, disappointing that we didn't do do better but no I think you're absolutely right and Paul Tisdale's divided opinion for, for more than just the last two or three months. He's, yeah. you know, I've, I've known fans that didn't like him when we were winning promotions and things like that and didn't think he was good enough for us or not the right manager. So you're never going to win. I was personally disappointed that he left, but now, three months after the event, I think it was the right time for him to have gone. Um, you know, and I'm very confident in the way that the club can go forward under Matt Taylor. I think he's, he's doing a really good job and difficult to difficult feat to, to follow really to step yeah. into shoes to step into for him but you know he's, he's doing a, a decent job at it and I think you know of course we're going to talk about Paul Tisdell he's our most successful manager and he was there for 12 years you don't just erase that history do you but you know we've got to look to the future now but no you're absolutely right he did an awful lot of good for the club as well and um, just a shame that the way things worked out and probably fault on both sides in the way it's been handled over the last two years leading up to it. Yeah, I just think when you look at a manager's tenureship at a football club, you look at the starting point and the end point, and you look at Exeter City when Paul Tisdale came in, they were a non-league club. You know, we'd missed out on the playoffs, and, you know, we were a big club in the conference back then as well. And, the, you know, the facilities weren't as good as they are now. And, you know, I, I know we, we had the relegation back from League One, but he's established us, I think, as a, as a sort of solid League Two club 
with a great infrastructure. Youth Academy is absolutely thriving. You have to excuse some of the background noise here. We're in a, in a coffee shop. Um, but yeah, I, I just think everything that Tiz did at the football club has, has brought it into the you know, 21st century, really. I think he really put X on the map, didn't he? Not just in yeah. football in terms, but... You but know, also he, in terms of you know what you get from Exeter City as a football club you know if you're a coach or a youngster coming to the football club you're going to get an opportunity if you're a player you're going to get an opportunity if you're a coach it is a club that gives opportunities yeah and you know you, fans could talk about sort of loyalty and some fans were saying that you know ludicrous things that he didn't want Exeter to go up and, and things like that but you have to remember all the clubs he was linked with over the years and clubs that he turned down obviously you know he's interviewed for the the Portsmouth job and, and didn't get that for, for whatever reason but he's linked with so many jobs I mean, Swansea yeah. Southampton Oxford Reading but he stayed loyal to Exeter because he believed in the club the the project you know that he wanted the club to, to continue to progress and you know with the youth academy as well giving these young players a chance and some of them have gone on to the championship or the Premier League um, so yeah I don't think anyone can begrudge what he's done for the club over the years um, I suppose some people summed it up you know the end of Tisdale's reign as like a, a marriage I suppose going through a divorce that is probably best for both parties that he, he moved on um, but yeah I don't think anyone will you know, forget what he's, he's done for the club um, Did it feel like the right time for you to have that change? I think so you know a lot might have depended on whether City went up in the playoff final, but um, I think as soon as you know full time hit at Wembley, I think it became clear for a lot of fans that it's probably the best time to move on. Whether he wanted it or not is another matter, but you know it had been a quite a you know stale relationship between him and you know the fans and the, the board, who of course served notice on his contract just two years prior. Um, so I think since then it was always going to be perhaps a matter of you know when not if he would yeah. he would leave. Yeah. Um, we kind of need to bounce back though now, don't we? As, as we say, two games um, in succession now where we've not had any um, any shots on target, which is probably a bit of a concern really. Um, Lincoln at home at St James's Park, they come down as league leaders. Probably got something to prove as well after we beat them in the in the playoff semi-finals. And given the events that happened post-match, of course, which um, I don't think Lincoln were too happy about at the time. Mm. Um, how do you see that one going? It's, it's going to be tough, isn't it? Yeah, I, I went to um, obviously the home playoff leg in the uh, the first uh, home game of the season last season and the away one at Lincoln, and they're both really close contests, really physical. They're such a big physical team, Lincoln. Yeah. You know, they've got big players up front, like Matt Reed, and um, you know they're. They'll get stuck into you definitely. They'll, you know, Troy Brown, Aaron Martin will probably get a few bruises uh, come Saturday afternoon, as will Jane Stockley probably, as he's used to. But it's such a difficult team to play, and really like what Danny, Danny Cowley's done there. You know, he's taken them up from the conference, and they obviously had that great FA Cup run a couple of years ago, and it got to the quarterfinals, and you know, got to the playoffs last year, of course. Um, so yeah, they're going to be full of confidence. I know they got thrashed by Blackburn in the League Cup, but I don't think they'll probably read too much into that as neither should Exeter. Um, so yeah, I'm expecting a really, really tough physical contest. And you know, Exeter have been 
sort of struggling for, for goals, as you said lately. You know, after that promising start against Carlisle, when you know three one, and it could have easily been a lot more. You know, struggled to to kill Newport off. Um, you know, didn't take their chances. Um, and obviously join a blank against MK Dons as well. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how you know City bounce back from from Fulham. What sort of team Taylor will play? Like I said, I think he's given a few more um, headaches now, given how well the young players have, have been doing. Archie Collins and Jack Sparks, but yeah, it's going to be a real tough test on, on Saturday. And when you look at Lincoln as well, Bargy, they've, they've recruited well, haven't they, over the summer? They've brought some. You know, sort of good, solid, quality League Two players. Yeah, they have, and you know, obviously the the main one for me is is John Akinde. He's I've liked him ever since he was at Gravesend and Norfolk. You and I were talking yeah. about him all those years back at yeah. back in the conference when he was just a raw teenager, and uh, he's impressed me every time I've seen him. Really, and just a surprise that his career hasn't gone further. To be honest, I know he had that opportunity at Bristol City, which didn't really work out for him. But um, yeah, on his day, he's, he's unplayable at, at this level. So um, hopefully, he has a bit of an off day. And uh, I don't think there'll be too many surprises in the Exeter City lineup. I'm, I'm sure that uh, most of the players which didn't play tonight will come back in yeah. to the team. And um, it's just a question of who's going to partner Stockley up front, really, for me. Um, and you know whether we can start to see the ability of people like Lee Martin, who's not really impressed me. He's not done too much since he's come into the club. Um, Lee Holmes, can he have a bit more of an influence than what he did um, against Fulham as well? You know those kind of players. Because to be fair to Matt Taylor, he has said he wants to play entertaining football. Yeah. He wants to entertain the fans. He wants runners. And, team, yeah, no, absolutely. And you know, and he's doing that going back to sort of an old-fashioned four-four-two, if you like, which isn't very. Um, popular at the moment in terms of football formations but he said no that's what I want to do two out and out wingers two central midfielders and and you know and a solid defensive um, lineup and fair play to him for that and I think that the fans appreciate that as well because although we were an awful lot better at St James Park last season than what we'd seen for the previous sort of two three four seasons um, you know that's what fans want to go and see at home they want to see entertaining football and like I say, even though we were a lot better last season, some of the our wins were pretty ugly yeah. one nils, weren't they? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, you make an interesting point there about the strike force and who's going to partner Jaden. Um, I also think there's a bit of an issue in midfield as well because we obviously have three players at the moment in Hiram, uh, Jake Taylor, and Nicky Law that obviously like to play in the in the middle of the pitch, and it just seems to be a bit of an issue at the moment with Matt as that as getting that chemistry right. I mean, I, you know. All season so far, we've seen either Boateng or Law play on the left. Even where MK Dons, when he switched it in the second half, Jake played out on the right again in the second half, and Boateng played, you know, more centrally alongside Law again. Where, how do you think he solves that problem? I mean, you know, you kind of want all three in the team really because they are three of your best players. But how do you how do you fit them into a team? Because I mean, it's, it's hard to get it into a four four two. No, it? absolutely. Uh, for me, I mean. I always think of Jake Taylor as being a wide player anyway. I understand that he's the captain and you know, Matt probably wants him to be more involved central to the play, if you like, so then the tendency is to sort of think, well, play him more in the central midfield role or maybe just in behind one striker or two strikers as an attacking midfielder. Um, for me personally, I would probably play Jake out on the right-hand side and probably persevere with Lee Holmes on the left and then in the, mid in the middle I would... My first choice would be Boateng and, and Nicky Law. 
that's what I would Yeah, that's for. a pretty good shout. Jamie, would you? Yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan of Hero Boating. I thought it was absolutely brilliant last season. Um, and I said before, Al could be City's best signing was, was keeping hold of him. Um, I thought he so showed some good touches up at Fulham as well. Yeah, and, you know, when he came on, he played in the middle, in the which middle, is yeah. where he's best suited. Um, so I hope Taylor doesn't persist with him playing on the left because you know, we can tell he's not really used to it or adapted to it well. Um, so yeah, it is a bit of a selection dilemma because I think Jordan Tilson's done all right this season. He's you know he can go perhaps unnoticed by some people, but he gets stuck in. He makes some really crucial tackles yeah. and, and interceptions. Um, you know, Nicky Law started really well. Um, also right in the middle um, so yeah I agree I think you know I prefer to see Taylor out on the right I think he's more effective but you know obviously Matt Taylor when he appointed him as, as captain he made it clear he wants him to be a lot more central um, so hopefully you know he goes back to you know how it was sort of last season with, with Boateng and Tilson in the middle Nicky Law because I think they're a lot more effective and you know, it obviously gives more options on the wings with Lee Holmes and, and, and Lee Martin, um, of course, as well. So, yeah, it's a difficult one. Um, and against Lincoln, you know, you, you really want to dominate that midfield because yeah. it's such going to be such a big physical midfield and you want your best players in there. And, um, Can you go 4-3-3? Possibly. You know, you, you've got Stockley and Tristan and perhaps Lee Holmes on... On either it gives them a lot more attacking purpose. Um, don't know if it would still suit someone like Jordan Tilson more though, because he's a bit more defence-minded. Um, so perhaps he comes out of the team for, for Nicky Law, but um, certainly an option. Um, yeah, just because obviously we we saw it last year with with Lloyd Jones playing out on the right wing, it just really didn't work. He was yeah. such a central midfield player, and I don't know why Tisdale sort of persisted with it really and. Um, so hopefully I'd, I would like to see Boateng play central yeah. just quickly then uh, I'm finishing off with Lincoln um, as you say Bargy who plays up front with Jaden is going to be a bit of an issue who do you think will be his strike partner on Saturday I really don't know to be honest at, at the moment um, no one's really nobody's forward, no, nobody's sort of like saying yeah the spot should be mine absolutely not um, I've been very impressed with Jonathan Fort since he's come in and that is a blow He's going to be out for what two, two, three weeks possibly. Um, I mean, I, I guess he's going to have to either go with Abrams or, or Matt Jay, really, unless he sort of decides that he's going to do like Tiz did last season and play sort of Jaden up there by himself up top and, and try and sort of fill in the gaps in between yeah. and have the likes of push um, Jake Taylor in or or uh, Lee Holmes, someone like that, in behind him as well and just try and pick up the pieces, but. Um, I don't know. It's it's a big it's a big call for him. I think on on Saturday as to who he does go with. Yeah. Another option, I suppose, is to play Lee Martin. Matt said before that he sees Lee as a, a sort of second striker playing off that main front man. So that's another option for him. Possibly, yeah. I mean, he's been quite quiet so far in his City career. I mean, he's obviously coming in um, with a few injury issues, so they've had to sort of be patient with him, sort of lead him into the team, but. Um, as long as he plays someone up front for Stockley, because I think we saw it last season on a few occasions, it just didn't really work when Stockley was up front on his own and the, 
he'd win the flick-ons and no one was making the runs, no one was in sort of five or ten yards of him, yeah. so he needs that runner. Um, despite his poor performance tonight, I think he'll stick with Tristan Abrahams because, you know, he has shown some promise. Um, like when he came on against Carlisle, I thought he was brilliant. He just ran at the defence and scored a really good goal as well. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't be too surprised if he sticks with him. Matt Jay, I thought, did all right, actually, on, on Fulham. He made quite a lot of runs. Um, you know, had that shot against the post. He's quite frustrating to watch at times because he runs, he tries his hardest, but um, unfortunately he just can't get that goal. Yeah. Um, it's his first senior goal, which, you know, I'm sure will come, hopefully, because he had a good pre-season. Um, so, yeah, one of JOA Rams, I think. Yeah, I mean, we saw it last season with Carl um, Edwards, didn't we? You know, we, when he came off the bench, he mm. had real impact as a, as a substitute. When he started games, we didn't have the mm. same impact on games. And, you know, on the evidence of what we've seen so far, it's it's the same with Tristan Abrahams, really. You know, he came off the bench, as you say, against Carlisle. Really good 20 minutes or so against them. A couple of decent cameos since. But started up at Fulham and yeah. wasn't really effective at all. No, it was disappointing against Fulham, and, and I guess as, as a striker, you come on sort of after 70 minutes, you're up against a tiring defence, yeah. and uh, you're full of energy. You want to prove yourself, and you know you, you know that you're probably going to get opportunities as well because of that tiring opposition. And uh, you know he, he took his goal very, very well, but um, and he's still a young lad as well. You know, let's yeah. not forget he's, he's still learning his, go- his game. There's a reason why he's down here for a season. And that's because Norwich want him to get some game time and, and to learn his craft. And uh, I'm sure, you know, that it will be a good experience for him to be down here. But of course, as all strikers, it doesn't matter what type of striker you are, you get dredged on your goals. Um, and that, that is, for me, a concern. I think we are a little bit light in the squad at the moment. Even before injuries, I, I went into the season sort of thinking, mm, I think we could probably do with another striker or wide man in the squad and um, for me at the moment that's what's being born out yeah well that, that brings us nicely on to the transfer window then obviously the, the window for loan signings shuts on Friday um, Matt's been quite public in, in stating that he wants another player to come in um, speaking to him after the game up at MK Dons he did say that the club don't want to invest too much money in the loan signing because it can block the pathway of youngsters coming through and you know we saw up at Fulham Jack Sparks Archie Collins who I thought was fantastic up at Fulham um, he's obviously got those two in mind um, Alex Hartridge on the bench as well so um, they're the three that seem to be coming through at the moment but I agree with you Bargy I think we need another striker well, I mean, he did actually push Archie Collins up front, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. In, in the second oh, half. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that was more to do with the fact he's on a yellow card and he was... Possibly. Worried possibly, yeah. yeah. Just and in this time tackle. You know, he's, he's, he showed some nice touches. He's, he's a feisty little character. And they are, got stuck uh, in, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he absolutely did get stuck in. Even when he was on a yellow card, he was yeah. still putting himself about and uh, wanting to get the ball and, and try and drive the team forward, which I, I really liked. Whether, whether he can play a more advanced role, I'm not sure at the moment. And it'd be a huge responsibility for him to sort of suddenly thrust him as a as a naturally central midfield player into more of an attacking role as well so yeah and Alex Hartridge I mean he's, he's a left back but I, I saw him last last season in the under-23s and he impressed me particularly in the game against Hull City where I thought he did really well and um, I think he's got a bright future as well but um, yeah it, it is just up top that concerns me at the moment I think we've got enough defensively and in midfield albeit 
what's the best permutations. Yeah. But, um, that I'm not too concerned about that. But yeah, it's, it's a striker run. Another centre forward. Mm. Do you think he'll bring a wide man in? I mean, like, it sounded as though he was looking to bring a winger in. Yeah, I mean, I think we're sort of covered in that department. Obviously, brought in uh, Lee Martin, and you know, you've got yeah. Abrahams who can play sort of out wing as well. Because Taylor said he wants someone that can take on defenders, and that's what Abrahams has shown already um, and then you've got sparks coming through as well so yeah, there's, there's options there I mean I would like to see another you know fill out striker come in and perhaps someone that's not necessarily a, a target man like stop with a bit someone who has you know a bit bigger a bit than because you know you've got Jay and Abrams that are quite you know, lightweight and Jonathan Fort he's very quick as well and he, I think he's more for his sort of pace which we sh you know he's shown against Newport so maybe bring in someone like Stockley because um, you know we saw it at Fulham on, on Tuesday um, albeit it was a cup game you know we just missed that aerial presence because you know you're playing long balls up to Matt Jay and he's not going to win many headers and, and even when the crosses were coming in you know the crosses were coming in and Matt Jay's not going to win a yeah, header in and the it's air, just him it? in the box yeah exactly yeah. you're asking a lot from him so the game was sort of crying out for, for Stockley I know he said you know Perhaps didn't want to risk him, but it was crying out for someone that can win those headers. And at one nil, I think he might have made that change, but I think two yeah. nil, perhaps a game had gone. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you just need someone to be in the box to win those headers, and unfortunately, apart from Stockley, don't really have that. So maybe we're looking at another sort of target man. Yeah. Right. Well, that's all we have time for this week. Jamie, Bargy, thank you ever so much for coming on the show. Um, we'll be back again with more of the same next week, and hopefully talk about three crucial points against Lincoln at the weekend. Bye-bye.